SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Hilton Tarrant and Google Letter and Fupi with you on the Market Update this Friday evening. Lots to get through. Let's get straight into the business news with Google. Thanks, Hilton. Good evening. Well, NetBank Group says it plans to acquire an initial 36% shareholding of Mozambique's sixth largest lender, Banco Unico, for more than 200 million rand. Following this, NetBank will later increase its stake to a majority shareholding. Now, this announcement comes as South African lenders are scouring the underbanked African continent, hoping to make acquisitions and hedge rising competition in the local market. And U.S. unemployment rose by more than expected in April, pushing the unemployment rate to a four-year low of 7.5%, which could help ease concerns of a sharp slowdown in that economy. Turning to the markets now, the JCO share index has closed up in positive territory by 1.3% at 39,592 points. Looking at the rand, it's at 8.92 to the U.S. dollar. 1385 to the pound and 1169 against the euro. Gold trading at $1,468 an ounce, a barrel of Brent crude oil at $105, and the platinum price at $1,487 an ounce. Thanks, Google. Six minutes after six o'clock, Wayne McCurry of Momentum Wealth uh, is with us in studio. Wayne, market very strong today, 39,592 points, up 1.3%. I guess if gold shares had played their part, we might have been up closer to 2%. Yeah, look, it was a very, very strong day, all driven by what's happening overseas. <clears throat> U.S. employment report yesterday, the European Central Bank cutting interest rates. So it's just go-go at the moment. Now, just remember back exactly a month ago when the last U.S. jobs report came out, people thought there's an imminent disaster mm, about the world, was going to the world was coming to an end. So once again, it's just one month's data, and it's notoriously you know, volatile, but it is good news. The markets have gone up strongly, and our market today, you can hardly believe it, led by resources. Bulletin and Anglos in particular were up very, very strongly. It's not every day you see BHP Bulletin up almost 4%. No, and it's, a big, it's not a small company. Eh? Mm. Anglo up 4%, Sassel up 2.5%. Yep. Uh, we, had a, we had two markets today, Wayne. Um, we had gold on the one side, gold shares under pressure. We had, uh, I, I guess, any company that lends money in any form whatsoever. To anyone. <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> Came under seriously uh, a, a, a strong pressure here after African Bank last night gave a trading update. Now, it's interesting to see how the market works. Um, Mr. Price came up with a trading update. It's what the market was expecting. The share did exactly the same as the rest of the market. Abel came up, African Bank came up with a trading update. It, that was not what the market was expecting. It punished the shares 17%. Then it punished all the banks. Then it punished Capitec. Then it punished Steinhoff, then it punished Lewis, then it punished J.D. Well, let's also take a look at NetBank. Um, Now, they also published their trading update today. Uh, Still concerned about the unsecured lending space, but looking to expand in Africa. Yeah, look, I mean, everyone's looking to expand in Africa because there is very... Uh, there is a very real possibility of strong growth out of Africa, not tomorrow, but over over time. I mean, the, the economies in the rest of Africa are growing a lot stronger than in South Africa. Now, um, NetBank did come under a little bit more pressure than what I thought the trading update warranted. I mean, it was not disastrous. They did say that you know, bad debts are a little bit worse than the market was expecting. But there was nothing disastrous in there, and it pushed down NetBank, I think, about 2.5%. Um, the bank they're buying in Mozambique is relatively small. Eh? So mm-hmm. this is not going to make a big dent to NetBank or to their capital requirements or anything like that. But I suppose it, it is good news. Um, for many and varied reasons, South Africa seems incapable of getting growth rates up to 
four, five, six percent in Africa, mainly because of the low base and the relatively small amount of capital you need invested in the country to get a big growth rate is growing much stronger than that. So it does seem the right thing to do, and I don't think prices are elevated yet. Wayne Harmony Gold, we'll hear from uh, the Chief Executive Graham Briggs uh, just after quarter past this evening. That share down 9% today. It's now worth 17 billion rand. That's the market cap of Harmony. I guess in many ways its results uh, weren't what the market was expecting either. No, no. Look, this is what's happening to mining in South Africa for a lot of reasons. Unrest, costs, low grade of of all oversupply in the market, etc., etc. I mean, as a very blanket statement, no one who's got a shaft in South Africa is making money, whether you platinum or whether you gold. It's just an incredibly difficult environment. I mean, in the Harmony update, they said quite clearly that excluding head office costs and excluding other OBEDs, in other words, what they call on-mine costs, they are actually losing money. Very marginally at the moment, but they're losing money. The gold price has picked up a little bit, you know, $80, $90 over the last while. Unfortunately for them, the rand has strengthened the tiniest little bit. So they're still not making money. Now, there's, there's very little you can do when you're not making money except to rationalize and cut costs. Now, they're talking about cutting a billion dollars, mainly in New Guinea, hmm. not in South Africa. But read what Impala Platinum said as well. They also said, listen, you know, Half our shafts are losing money, the other half aren't even, are just about breaking even. So there's, unfortunately, you have to cut your cost base if you're not making profits. I mean, what other alternative do you have? Another mining company, Sibanya Gold, also out with a trading update today. Now, that follows the unbundling from Goldfields yes. last year, expecting to see a 20% dip in uh, headline earnings. And as you say, it basically goes with all miners in the country. Yes. Nobody's making money. No one's really making money. Now, when I started in investments, not as, not as long back as David Shapiro, but when I started in investments, <laughs> the shares that mines owned by, um, the mines owned, which are uh, Dufontein, Kloof, I mean, these were literally, you wanted to own those gold mines. It mm. was literally, it was like owning a gold mine in those days. Whereas nowadays, because mainly, because there's just less gold and it's a lot further down, they're actually relatively marginal mines. Wayne, looking at another company now, chicken producer Sovereign Foods, yes. they're also expecting to see a 20% difference in their headline earnings per share. And this sector has also been taking quite a, a, pl- a, a knock with yes. the recent pressures with regard to chicken dumping and also the proposed increase in uh, import duties for chicken in South Africa. Yeah, look, I think Sovereign's a, li- a little bit better off than a lot of the other producers simply, simply because they do, I think, add more value they add more value to the product that they actually sell. But they all are essentially in the same boat. And I think it's difficult. Eh? There is unquestionably, in my view, an element of dumping going on. But even if there wasn't an element of dumping going on, I still think it's very difficult for a South African producer to actually be competitive in the chicken market. The other producers worldwide are just vastly bigger. They can just get, you know, an enormous amount of volume through than what we can here. When Mondi, the paper company, uh, it's been on a stellar run. Uh, the share price, one of the top performers uh, through last year. A first uh, quarter trading update. Uh, not much in the numbers, but interestingly, it is going to shut one of its two newsprint factories in Mirbank. That, uh, yeah. I guess, speaks to, to the sector. Yeah, but look, I mean, Mondi has been a phenomenal performer. I mean, it has truly been astounding. You know, if you think back and you think, well, okay, um, Where's the worst place in the world, economically speaking, it's Europe. 
So you automatically think anyone who operates in Europe is not doing well, and yet they've done superbly well and continue to do so. Sappy chose glossy paper. Mondi chose unglossy paper, <laughs> corrugation and packaging, and they have really done exceptionally well, to say the least. Another industrial goods uh, company, industrial goods and services, Roynet, uh, expecting their first half profits to take a dip. Headline earnings could be down by as much as 17-odd percent. Yeah, look, uh, Roynet's um, company has changed tremendously over the last couple of couple of decades, and it's uh, but yeah, it's not a very favourable trading update. But I think the market's taken that one into account. Mm-hmm. The market knows about this one. I don't think it's in use to the market. market sold it down 4%. It's 14 after yeah. 6. Let's bring in uh, David Shapiro now. Not often we, in fact, we never hear from David Shapiro on a, on a Friday evening, uh, but it is a Friday morning in Omaha. David, uh, you're joining us from Omaha, Nebraska. This is uh, where thousands, tens of thousands of, of uh, pilgrims, I guess you could call them that, uh, traveled halfway across the world to attend the annual general meeting of Berkshire Hathaway. That's Warren Buffett's investment company. Now, you have, um, you have taken some luck with you. We've seen the S&P 500 through 1,600. We've seen the Dow through 15,000 today, so perhaps you should stay in America. What's the mood like in Omaha? <laughs> well, um, Hilton people start gathering today. You know, we're expecting 40,000 people. At the moment, I'm actually at a uh, value investor conference. I must say, Wayne sounds quite intelligent. I didn't know he was that <laughs> clever. It was quite fun listening to him. But now, Shapiro, you, <laughs> must, you must do some work there now. Huh? <laughs> 40,000 people coming here today. And um, I, Hilton, it's going to be very interesting on that because, you know, Buffett, is this, he's very optimistic on the U.S. economy and all his investments, most of his investments are uh, in the United States with the exception of uh, Iskar. And I see he's just bought the balance of 20% for $2 billion mm. uh, in that this week. So a lot of questions will be asked about his recent uh, investments, Heinz, Iskar. And, uh, you know, he owns a railway at Burlington, Northern Santa Fe. Everybody at the time that he bought it, uh, Bolt, and wondered what he was doing. It was a $45 billion investment. And the benefits are coming through now, with particularly with the opening up of those North Dakota oil fields. And, um, uh, you know, because of that, a lot of, a lot of traffic coming down as they ship oil to the refinery. So I think it's going to be quite a lively session, you know, for once um, people feeling slightly upbeat about uh, where America's going. I uh, saw the job numbers earlier as well, and uh, probably that was behind the market surge. David, uh, looking at... Sorry, uh, I, I missed you there. I didn't know I was on. <laughs> <laughs> David, looking yeah. at, uh, at, at the AGM itself, what is the attraction for these 40,000 people to, to travel halfway across the world to, to listen to Warren Buffett and his sidekick Charlie Munger uh, pronounce, I guess, on, on the U.S. economy and, and the global economy, on gold, and I, I guess whatever you ask them? I, th- I think it's more curiosity than anything else. You know, there are a lot of people like ourselves. We've got quite a big contingent from South Africa. You know, I'm part of a group uh, of 40 that's led by Koki Koyman of Sunland. Um, a lot of chaps here from PSG, Mutual, uh, and so on. Um, we find it very interesting because over the years that I've been here, um, you pick up the wisdom. There's six hours of questioning, so you get his feeling on uh, on, on a number of subjects. To be, but to be honest, uh, Hilton, I think of the 40,000 that attend, uh, probably uh, 35,000 drift through and come down to the exhibition hall 
where uh, there are a lot of products there. Americans love to shop. They fill themselves up with cowboy boots and uh, books and uh, seized candies and so on. So I think there's, uh, you know, after a few hours, I think most of the people that are in that audience uh, tend to get a bit bored. But there are the genuine investment managers here. You, you'll be surprised at how many, uh, you know, how many uh, money managers there are from around the world at the conference that I'm at moment there are people from 23 different countries so it does become a gathering point um, you know for value investment managers although uh, I've been only listening to growth stories for most of the morning. David Shapiro of Sassman joining us from Omaha Nebraska we'll uh, pick up again with him on, on Monday evening following that AGM and uh, news yesterday was uh, last night was that uh, Warren Buffett has joined Twitter mm. how many followers does he have Google? If I'm not mistaken it's well above 200,000 now uh, but Almost increasing by, yeah, by the minute apparently he gets 1,000 followers a minute so. he's not following anyone so, so David <laughs> uh, and uh, Google, you can calm down I can calm down he's not following any of us Wayne, very quickly, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, uh, this company, this investment company, these shares are extraordinarily expensive. Yes. The A share in Berkshire Hathaway costs $162,882. Dollars, yeah. yeah. So that's over a million rand. Yeah. So, you, so if you own one share, but if you own one share, you can go to a conference. So you're going to pay a million rand entrance fee. Yeah, but I mean, there is, some, there is still some value retained to that share after the conference, so you'll probably be right. If I'm not mistaken, I think there's some syndication in South Africa where you can join essentially a unit trust that owns, that mm-hmm. owns the share. So you can get a syndication, and I think there's a lottery or some sort of competition to get the, 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 the entry form to, to go on pilgrimage from there. But I bet you Shapiro, I bet you he's buying a set of cowboy boots there. In the US. We'll quiz him on Monday evening. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Well, Harmony, South Africa's third largest gold miner, out with the results for the third quarter as well as nine months to March the 31st. Chief Executive Graham Briggs joins us now. Graham, for the nine months to March, the gold price, the average gold price at about $1,670 an ounce. Uh, today, that number is. Around about 12, 13% lower. We have seen some relief in the Rand dollar exchange rate, but you are being forced to cope with the reality of a lower gold price. Yeah, uh, you know, Hilton, one uh, sees these things and you have to start reacting. And uh, when it comes to uh, cutting costs and the like, you have to do it quickly. And, um, you know, we saw the gold price going down to below 1400, and uh, so we reacted. Um, and you know, we've given some information about, uh, you know, what we did in April. Uh, so it's post the quarter, but, um, you know, we, we're planning to get those measures through before we start the next financial year. So, you know, during this quarter, we'll try and get those measures through. And we need to be profitable at uh, a level of $1,400 an ounce. What are those measures, Graham? Um, they're several. Uh, one of the... Um, so we think there's about 400 million uh, savings in corporate costs, in services, in um, in looking at uh, supply supply contracts and the like, uh, contractors and, and consultants and the various forms that, that come in. Um, then we have a savings of about 400 million in South African capital. We think that uh, that'll come out, and then one billion in, in PNG, and that is. Mainly out of uh, the Wafi Golpu one. Mm-hmm. A little bit of it is out of Hidden Valley, but it's mainly around there. 
And and the reason for that really is that there's been a relook at the whole area of uh, the Golpu project post the drilling that we've done in the last uh, few quarters. Uh, we've got some good results, and that looks like now we have a bit of a scalable project. So we relooking at optimizing that project. As far as the the supplier contracts go, uh, a couple of analysts and, and Peter Major springs to mind. Whenever we chat about the gold industry, he always points out that it seems that the suppliers um, given how those costs creep year on year, are, are perhaps the only ones making money out of the gold industry. How aggressive are you going to be on the supply contract side of things? Well, obviously it goes supplier by supplier. I mean, there are, you know, our biggest uh, single uh, one is uh, Eskom, mm. and, uh, you know, that's obviously a, a bit of a process because there's all sorts of complications around that. So, um, you know, one needs to look at uh, look at everything in that contract and how we can spend less on it. You know, there are different rates at different times of the day and so on and so forth. So, you know, we've got a team looking at that. We've got, uh, you know, we've got to look at our big contracts like uh, various big suppliers and, and see, you know, uh, how we can uh, get them to join the party, if you like. It's going to be a bit of a process, uh, Hilton. At this stage, you're not envisaging any shaft or mine closures? No, not at all. If we look at the third quarter, uh, highlights of the quarter, you completed the uh, Evander sale to Pan-African. Yep. Production down 15% in the quarter. Take us through that. Obviously, seasonality comes into play given the slow start uh, after the Christmas break. Yeah, there's a, a fair amount of seasonality into it. But, uh, you know, if you look at Kasasoletu, it produced basically nothing for the quarter. And that's about 1,600 uh, kilograms out of the quarter. So that's a big number. Uh, if you look at the, uh, the effect of Kasasoleta over the last two quarters, you're looking at 2,500 kilograms. So that's uh, two and a half tons of gold, roughly worth, uh, you know, 1.2 billion rand. Now, most of the costs were in in the last two quarters. So um, obviously, um, Kasasoleta and the cost of that labor action and the resultant costs, uh, you know, that's quite a steep, uh, steep um, bill to pay. Um, I think, you know, very rarely do we see a situation where we can actually count the numbers to, because we're getting it back in production. But we're setting it up for the long term. So it's not uh, it's not that we uh, made any of the wrong decisions there. It's just an expensive process. Some of the loss of production came from um, Pakisa. Um, Pakisa's got uh, a ventilation shaft, which we were uh, attempting to repair. And then the rest of it is basically a bit of seasonality. But, but generally... Um, you know, the quarter wasn't too bad. It was uh, disappointing, but, uh, you know, on the rest of the operations, a bit of seasonality. If we look at the costs in the quarter, moving in the wrong direction, but obviously all these one-offs come into play and the seasonality, on a normalized level, are you happy with where costs are? Yeah, if you look at the uh, longer term, uh, and if you look at the longer term without Kasasoletu, uh, so if you look at the last nine months, uh, cost per kilogram basically has gone up uh, 10%. Um, so, yeah, it's still going up higher than I think, um, you know, everyone believes the official inflation is, but um, it's not as bad as it looks, you know, when you compare quarter on quarter. And you've got to remember that um, when you look at quarter on quarter, you are comparing a poorer quarter with a very good quarter from the previous quarter. So, um, you know, there's a bit of comparison uh, magic in this thing as well. Are you seeing noticeable improvements on, on the productivity side? Yeah, we are. Um, you know, it's um, you know, the Christmas season is is a difficult one. Uh, we had part of Easter in this in this first quarter as mm. well. But uh, you know, our, our sort of one of our payment methods is sharing in the profits. So uh, 
you know, people have been linking their pay to profits, and uh, and obviously, if we don't have a good quarter, then uh, you know, we have a, a poor profit share. So. Um, you know, I think there are some areas that we are really looking at and gaining some productivity measures. Graham, just to close off with, obviously the events of last year have changed the way that uh, mining companies interact with, with organized labor. How are wage negotiations likely to work in 2013? Um, uh, with difficulty, I think, is, is the first uh, answer to that. But, you know, there are different uh, players in, in the space. There's more operators now than there have been before because of the various transactions, like, uh, you know, Pan-African is in there, Gold One is in there, uh, Sabania, obviously, as well as Goldfields and Anglo Gold Harmony. Uh, so there are about seven owners that are in there now. Uh, and then further complicated by uh, another union, um, that union for us is is, uh, is is difficult because, you know, most of our operations have a dominance of NUM and only one of our operations, which is Kasasalutu, has a dominance of AMCU. So, you know, it is going to be a difficult, uh, you know, measure for us. Um, if and, and assuming that the sort of centralized uh, discussions and everything continue. Um, we don't know yet whether AMCU is going to be involved in that, but somehow they're going to have to obviously be involved in the, in the discussions and the wage discussions. Graham Briggs, the Chief Executive of Harmony Gold. SAFM Market Update with MoneyWeb. Well, following on from its wildly successful New Gold ETF, which is by far the largest exchange-traded fund by market capitalization in South Africa, APSA has listed the New Plat ETF. Vladimir Nadalkovich, Head of Investments at APSA's Corporate and Investment Banking Division, joins us now. Vladimir, already a, a couple of uh, different exchange-traded notes in the market which do offer exposure to platinum. How is the New Plat ETF different to those? Yes, hi. Um, there, there are a couple, couple of reasons that... Uh, Couple of ways that the that the new new plat ETF differs from the ETNs that are on the market. First of all, it is fully physically backed, so we basically in the same way that we have with uh, with New World, uh, every debenture in issue is, is fully backed by 101 ounce of platinum bullion that we hold at the custodian. Um, secondly, um, this product is treated as a domestic investment. So it, all the ETNs uh, for institutions that use foreign foreign products, and of course they 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 will take their part of their offshore allowance. Mm-hmm. This this investment is treated as domestic, and also it, it is because it's not issued by a bank. It is an ETF. It it is not going to impact the the bank lines or the bank limits for the for the investors. In terms of inflows so far, this has been listed for for just on four days. That's correct. So after four days of trading, we we are actually at the moment sitting. We are basically at one half of the biggest platinum ETF globally. Um, we have about six tons of platinum. That is 2.6 billion rand in assets under management after four days. And in terms of of inflows, have those been from institutional clients, retail clients, a mixture of both? Yeah, um, as you might imagine, uh, these flows. Have Predominantly coming from institutional investors, mm. we have some, some very small inflows from retail. This is this is all institutional money. Um, we of course do expect to get get some retail inflows as the time comes, as time goes by. And, and in terms of costs for investors, how does this? Uh, what is their annual fee, and how does that compare globally? 
Yes, um, this product has the same as New Gold, the, the management fee is 0.4% per annum. And uh, this is basically one of the, the cheapest, if not the cheapest, um, the fee for the platinum ETF globally. Globally, costs are between 49 and 60 basis points. So this one is, is only significantly cheaper. Vladimir Nadalkovich is head of investments at Apsis Corporate and Investment Banking Division. Well, it was a day where the JSE ended up 1.3%, 39,592 on the all share. We saw top 40 shares up 1.75%. Gold shares down by 2.3%. Industrials up over a percent. Financials uh, slightly negative. Resource shares, uh, the strong performer on the day, up 3%. That was largely on the back of a very strong performance by both.